Welcome back to Round Guy Radio, and we are still covering the upcoming primary elections in a few days on, on June 7th. Uh, District 88, uh, the big topic seems to be school choice and uh, some other social issues. Uh, uh, we're on the phone with someone who wants to, who can give us the governor's position on school choice, a state senator from Boone, Iowa, Jesse Green. Welcome to the program, Jesse. Hey, thanks for having me, Dave. Well, before we get to talking about this, tell tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and your background and what led you to become a state senator. You bet. Well, uh, I serve up here in the Boone area, uh, just south of Fort Dodge, and I just got elected in 2020, which was a really interesting year to uh, get elected with COVID and, and uh, the political environment that we're in. But uh, what led me up to this point uh, was my school choice background. I felt that uh, there's plenty of Republicans that, uh, you know, are, are fiscally responsible, uh, therefore rural economic development, uh, life, uh, protecting the Second Amendment. But I didn't really feel like there was somebody that, that was really passionate about uh, school choice. And and I've seen every environment, uh, been a part of every environment uh, throughout my childhood. Um, I went to a private school, went to a public school. I've as an adult, I've been a part of a homeschool uh, community. I volunteer Bible teach at a private school in Fort Dodge until I got elected in the Senate. And so as a child, I was specifically impacted by the choice in education. And my life has been transformed forever because of that. Then as an adult, as a teacher, uh, I firsthand saw a couple of kids that, uh, uh, because of the generous donors, were able to uh, get a private school experience, and I saw their lives transform from an adult's perspective from, for, as a teacher. And that's where I knew I, I had to fight as hard as I could for this issue. And uh, so I'm just so blessed and honored uh, uh, to be a freshman senator. I'm the youngest uh, freshman, I'm the youngest uh, Republican senator uh, in the caucus. And uh, what an amazing time to serve in the Iowa legislature. Okay, so listen, I live in Richland, Iowa. We're in District 88. Uh, because of redistricting, um, we had a, a, a guy named Jared Klein. It was very popular. Lived in Kyoto, just a little 10 miles north of me. Uh, he's decided to, he was uh, pushed into another district with another one. He decided to step back. Uh, we have two candidates running that uh, seem to have a very different opinion on school choice. Uh, one is Helena Hayes, who's very for the school choice and the other is uh, Dustin Height who's the chairman of the education committee and he uh, has a lot of problems with at least the the governor's position on school choice and he claims there is uh, very little support for the governor's position on the education committee among the republicans and i wanted to know what the governor's position is and what are these differences well uh well, I appreciate uh, this conversation uh, because, uh, uh, you know, for one, it's in the Republican platform. It's been the platform for a long time, uh, the topic of school choice. Uh, to me, it's the third plank of the platform. You have life, uh, second, protect the Second Amendment, and then school choice. And, and so that's been really shocking to me, uh, getting elected into this environment. And uh, in the Senate, uh, we passed out the governor's school choice bill, except for one vote, a uh, Republican vote. And then all of a sudden, it goes over to the House. And uh, there was nobody did take a vote, so we don't know exactly sure how many votes shy they were. But it's, it's uh, been estimated that there's about 16 Republicans in the House 
that were against the governor on her bill. Uh, so they're about five or six votes shy of, um, of passing the governor's bill. And that's why every single one of these primaries this year is so important. Uh, we're literally five, six votes away, in my estimation, from passing. So uh, the governor's school choice bill, you know, last year she, she presented a bill that just provided school choice for students that are in federally failing school districts. It's very small. It was estimated that maybe 500 students would be able to uh, utilize the scholarships that she presented last year. And we had a lot few, uh, lesser support uh, overall um, in the legislature. And I think the governor learned a lot uh, through that proposal that she needed to get ahead of it this year. So uh, in the off season, she did a great job of of exploring other states that have school choice. There's over 20 states that have some sort of uh, choice uh, legislation, whether that's uh, uh, STO tax credits uh, uh, that uh, are out there or a full out ESA. West Virginia just passed out a full out ESA bill um, that would provide uh, school choice to every student in West Virginia. That shocked a lot of people because that's kind of a purple state. Uh, you got Arizona, Florida, Tennessee, Indiana, uh, there's nothing new with this. And so uh, so in Republican states, they are uh, moving on this legislation. So she she and her staff, they went out and they researched these different states and what they do. And you can tell with her bill this year, she took a little piece of Tennessee, Indiana, and Arizona and put them together for this comprehensive bill. Uh, and uh, her bill this year just applied to 10,000 students, uh, 5,000 students, um, that uh, were at or below the poverty level could apply, or or and five thousand students that were special needs students could apply for those scholarships. So to put that in perspective, there's five hundred thousand kindergarten through twelfth grade public school students. You're talking ten thousand scholarships out of five hundred thousand students. It's it's a lot larger than last year's school choice bill, but it's still small in the grand scheme of things. That's why. You see the governor going out and talking about this as a pilot program. Uh, if this bill would have been implemented, we would have kept track of these students and their test scores and to make sure that they're they're experiencing success with this bill. And then in the future, it could have been expanded. Uh, the other uh, part of this bill that that was popular compared to last year is that it was universal. It was first first come first serve across the state that of the students that could apply for these scholarships. Whereas last year, it was just for students in federally failing school districts. Um, that's why you saw a little bit more support this year in the in the caucus in both chambers. So um, it, uh, uh, I, to say that I was shocked that it didn't get across the finish line is an understatement. Um, like I said, it's in the platform. Uh, I was shocked to see that leadership in the House uh, seemed to be, uh, you didn't know quite where they were on this issue. And um, uh, there's just a, a completely different perspective in the House versus the Senate when it comes to the governor's bill. So um, again, that's why these primaries are so important. And uh, um, I think it's going to direct the future of uh, legislation here in Iowa for uh, quite some time. So if you're a parent and you have a, a, a child in a, a a poorly performing school, or maybe there's some social issues that you are uh, unhappy with, or maybe you just see your kid falling behind in math or reading, and you would like to exercise another option, 
uh, how does the not having this bill pass hinder me, hinder, hinder those parents? Well, um, you know, I, I, I think, um, I think nobody knows best what their children's needs are except the parents. And, and the vast majority of public schools are doing a fabulous job. Um, and it, I don't think it should be the government, the government's role to constantly be coming in and uh, micromanaging these schools. Each school has their own school boards. Um, and I think we take that for granted. In Hawaii, for example, there's only one school board across the whole state of Hawaii, and they're appointed by the governor. I imagine an education system where that was the case. Uh, uh, so, um, you know, this year uh, you saw some some really crazy curriculum that was popping up in different schools and and different uh, you know bathroom situations, and and you saw different responses in the legislature. Some were coming out wanting more transparency bills. Uh, more penalties on teachers, things of that sort. But this is where I think the libertarian view is just makes such common sense. And, and it doesn't matter what the issue is and whether your school is uh, not teaching your child enough in math or reading, or maybe your school is wrestling with uh, uh, LGBTQ curriculum that you don't agree with. Uh, you know, this, this bill would have been perfect. Uh, just apply for a scholarship through the state and uh, transport your kid to a private school that, that more reflects your values and your needs and utilize those dollars. And, and the beauty of the whole bill was it was tax neutral to the taxpayer of the state of Iowa. Um, and uh, what, what everybody was so nervous about was a shift of public dollars to private schools. Uh, well, to put in perspective, the governor's bill was 50, uh, roughly $53 million our entire education budget is 3.5 billion dollars so there is no public school that was going to go broke because of this bill uh also to put in perspective uh we have a iowa tuition uh, uh program for private colleges and roughly about 51 million dollars of taxpayer money goes to that was iowa state and any public university ever threatened to close its doors because we implemented such a program? Absolutely not. It's absolutely absurd uh, to hear that uh, uh, argument take place. And that is probably the number one argument against uh, school choice is that somehow it's going to hurt uh, public schools. Well, I, I, I think if the, the money just followed the kids and the parents got to decide where they would go, the poor performing schools that didn't put out the education would probably go bankrupt or have very little money and the schools that were doing an excellent job would be overflowing with money. Is, is, is that a, a incorrect statement? No, it's just a little bit incomplete because here's, here's the crazy thing with the whole situation. Uh, right now, the average student in Iowa is getting $19,000 when you add up the property tax, the state tax and the federal tax dollars that go to supplement a child's education. Imagine that nineteen thousand dollars, and and when you when you reveal that number to people, I don't care if you're a Democrat or Republican. Most people are silenced because I think their gut re response is, uh, "What are we getting for our nineteen thousand dollars of of uh, investment in our public schools?" The average private school tuition is roughly uh, fifty two hundred dollars, um, and so when we're talking school choice, we are strictly just talking the state dollars. Uh, that follow the child, which is roughly $7,500 per child. Um, 
and the vast majority of it is, is property tax. So here's how, how wonderful the public school system has it. If you have a student that leaves your district and goes to uh, another school, you still get the property tax dollars on that child. That is an amazing business plan that any business uh, in America would love to have, where if you do such a poor job that somebody leaves your school, that you get to keep, uh, uh, you still get to keep the vast majority of the funding that, that uh, applies to that student. And I'll tell you what else I, I see uh, inherently wrong with this system is if you send your kid to the absolute worst school in the whole state and they have the highest dropout rate, the lowest graduation rate, the lowest test scores, or you send your kid to the very highest performing school with the highest graduation rate and the most college uh, uh, entrance kids, they both get the exact same amount of money. Well, yeah, and and you do see it a little bit in rural districts where you see it uh, a little bit of difference between school to school, uh, where one might be doing a little bit better than the other one, and you see uh, open enrollment out, and and that is another benefit of Iowa public schools is we have true open enrollment now uh, between public to public. Uh, we got rid of our deadline this year of when you can open enroll into another district. Um, and so I want to give credit where credit is due. Uh, between the Iowa House and Iowa Senate and the governor, um, we uh, we have done everything outside of school choice to provide uh, options for our kids. So uh, I do want to thank all of my colleagues for that. But, um, but you're right. Uh, there are very little consequences for a school that does a poor job, especially in urban areas. And, and most school choice dollars would be used in urban areas. That's where you're seeing so many of the problems. Uh, but they have such high student population numbers that I think you could see them just do 10 times worse than what they're doing, and you wouldn't see them close their doors because they have such high property tax values and other factors that's going to keep them afloat. Well, uh, another thing I like about the private schools is they build those schools without tax dollars. They maintain those schools without tax dollars. You know, uh, they're, they're, so there's a lot of uh, a tremendous amount of upkeep. But if you're talking almost $20,000 per kid, if you gave me 20 kids or 21 kids, I'd have $400,000 per class to teach those kids. It just seems like to me I could build a building and then every 10 years tear it down and build a brand new building and pay my teachers $100,000 a year. Uh, wouldn't it, wouldn't the teachers make a lot more money if the uh, with this, you know, if they were in a private school that didn't have restrictions on how much they paid them? You are exactly right. You hit the nail on the head. And, and that is why I'm so passionate about this. Uh, uh, the number one concern with the governor's school, school choice bill is that somehow this is going to hurt rural Iowa public schools. I would argue it's the exact opposite. You provide a choice in child's education and you have these rural school districts where a child has to travel a county to, to go to uh, the nearest public school. Uh, we have such a high homeschool population number in the state of Iowa. It's estimated roughly 8% of children, uh, school-age children are homeschooled anymore. Imagine in a real school choice system where, forget about just private school, but let's say we invested in every child's education like I think we should. I think you'd see schools popping up in every small town, uh, most small towns in Iowa. And what's that going to do for our rural economy? Um, I... Uh, I truly think that this is the issue that solves so many other issues that we've never even thought about. And I would, I would call it a rural economic development tool. And so 
Um, that's why that's why at this time, this is the largest Republican trifecta since 1972. This is the issue that has created a divide within the Republican caucus a little bit, which is unfortunate because it's in our platform. Our platform should unite us. And that is why you see passion on both sides of the issue on this topic. Well, the, from what I've been listening to, as I talk to other state representatives, these urban schools are doing terrible and these rural schools are doing outstanding. So I don't see where, I mean, the rural schools are the ones that are, that are doing well. I know the two districts uh, that make up this vast majority of the school district that's in the new part of District 88 is Kyoto and uh, Pekin School, and they've both been designated as high-performing schools. Yeah, and so that's why you see this greater love for uh, or this protectionism that's happening uh, with rural schools. Uh, people are really afraid of school choice because they think uh, it's going to hurt their rural school. Well, the thing is, if they're doing a good job, like we all know that they, they most of them are, you're not going to lose anybody. Uh, it's just a it's just a fear. It's just an emotional response to the idea of school choice. But I do think that there is a potential pathway forward where we can uh, we can apply school choice. Uh, in a way that won't hurt, hurt rural schools. And, and that's where I thought the governor's initial bill was so amazing. Uh, her, her scholarship was 50, roughly $5,200 a child that she was going to uh, allow uh, for a scholarship to go to a child. Well, there's, a, there's another 20, roughly $2,200 that's, that's, uh, that's not being used in our, in our uh, uh, SSA amount that follows each student. So instead of just pocketing that and saving money in our general fund, she drew the bill up to where that would be put into a fund that rural schools could tap into. So just common sense would say that 90% of these uh, scholarships would have been used in urban Iowa. Well, to me, that, that would have been a huge windfall to rural public schools if we would have just passed the governor's bill as is um, and it, it, that's why it was just so frustrating this year that the bill didn't get across the finish line because I, I from my perspective, it addressed every single fear that was out there that why somebody would be opposed to it. Well, as far as the losing, uh, losing students, you know, when we came to the open enrollment, uh, I know Pekin School, uh, a lot of people from other school districts were shipping their kids over to Pekin School to get it. Uh, I interviewed the superintendent of the uh, Mid Prairie Schools, and he says, People from every school district around come. They have a really fantastic school, and so does Kyoto. And and the, the, they're gaining students, not losing students. Yes, and, and that's, that's the beauty of school choice within uh, uh, our public system is we do have pure uh, uh, choice when it comes to public to public, and and you're seeing that you're seeing the beauty of that uh, play out in your district. It sounds like, and uh, and we just need to keep going down that route. More choice. Um, and it shouldn't be the governor's or the government's um, uh, power to pick and choose which systems should benefit. Uh, uh, in different parts of the state, homeschool systems are better. In different parts of the state, public school is better. In different parts of the state, private school is better. Uh, our state dollars should just reflect the will of the parent and the child instead of picking winners and losers. Uh, our property tax dollars are picking the winners, uh, which is those property tax dollars are only, only ever going to go to public schools, which is the way that it was designed. I don't see why public schools need to have three sources of income 
as purely protected for their interests uh, from federal dollars, state dollars, and property tax dollars. Um, they they just have it so um, so good, and and I just don't see how that's in the best interest of the the taxpayer. Why do you think? Uh, and I know that Catholic schools just for example, have the highest rate of graduation and the highest rate of percentage of kids that go on to graduate college. Why are public schools, why does it cost 19000 per kid to put a kid through kindergarten in a public school and only $5,500 a year for a private school? Well, so in all fairness, uh, that $19,000, that also represents your brick and mortar costs. Uh, whereas that $5,200 tuition, average tuition to a private school, that's uh, not representing the, the brick and mortar costs uh, um, on, within that number. So, um, so just to be fair to that comparison, but um, I don't think it takes uh, too much thought when you drive through a town that has private schools and public schools. Uh, we all see those fancy buildings, those fancy gyms, and the fancy football fields. Um, I think I think if we keep going down the route, route that we're going, you're going to see all these huge, fancy buildings with uh, very few students in there, and uh, that's that's showing the breakdown and the failure of our formula in the state of Iowa of how we fund schools. And um, I uh, I think I think in the society where you have such broken homes, the only next uh, logical step is to provide lower class sizes and more one-on-one -on -one time with the teacher to fill that gap. And I, I truly believe that school choice is a part of that uh, uh, formula. Right now in the state of Iowa, you have almost 20 kids per class or per t teacher in the state of Iowa. And to me, that, that number is way too high. And between Democrats and Republicans, uh, that will be a unifying uh, bipartisan goal is to lower class size and raise teacher pay. And, and there's no reason that school choice can't be a part of that solution. Well, when I went to school, it was in the 70s and the early 80s, and uh, it seemed like I looked into it and they were getting about $2,000 a kid at that time. And we had the highest level of education ever. In fact, when I was in the, the Army, uh, they were saying that uh, a kid that graduated high school in Iowa was like a kid that had two years of college in, in many of the other states. So... I can't understand. I mean, I can understand some increased costs, but I mean, that is, uh, um, that's uh, 10 times the amount of money. Well, and uh, just to clarify again, I, I bet you that $2,000 number that you're referring to in the 1980s, uh, I'm assuming that's the state dollars, uh, uh, which which today's number is 7500 Um So I'm not sure what the, when you add up all the tax dollars, property, state, and federal, and divide it out for students. I'm not sure what that would have been like in the 1980s. I'm sure it was something uh, obviously significantly less. So, um, but uh, you're right. You can ask, go up and down the possibilities. What is the problem in Iowa? Um, we used to be ranked number one, and and some people would say, well, do we need to raise teacher pay? Well, that's a good question. So then, when you go to the numbers, when you adjust it for cost uh, of living. Iowa ranks six in the nation. Uh, it was according to a report of, uh, I, I believe it was 2019 that I saw that, that uh, Iowa ranks six at that time in teacher pay. Well, that can't be the problem. So then what's the next problem? Um, I, uh, 
you know, you, you could come up with different theories and hypotheses, but uh, I think uh, when you look across uh, any other environments, when you have more competition, you will see a greater product. And, and, uh, and that's, that's the one last tool we have in the toolbox to um, test. And that is, will competition create uh, a better education product? And I think we all know the answer to that. Well, we got about five more minutes. Could you, uh, to be fair to these five Republicans that are holding this thing up, like Dustin Height, what what is their position? Well, their position, um, and, and, and again, I want to thank uh, Dustin Height and those guys. Uh, we've accomplished so much in the last few years. Uh, it's truly been probably the most historic assembly in the history of Iowa with uh, the largest tax cut, uh, unemployment reform, you name it, life amendments and uh, uh, constitutional carry. And it wouldn't have been possible without them. So I want to really thank those guys. It's been an honor to serve with them. Uh, now, when it comes to school choice, uh, you know, outside of school choice, they have provided, done a lot. Uh, we have one of the friendliest homeschool states in the nation. Um, I've heard from friends from Texas and other conservative states that, that would give anything to have uh, homeschool laws like Iowa has. Uh, so, again, that's a credit to Dustin Height but, uh, and people like him. But uh, where I think they have it wrong is, is they will say that we have so much choice because we, we've expanded our STO dollars, which uh, uh, our scholarship program, where if you have a donor – that donates money into those scholarships, they get a tax credit in return for that donation, and it doesn't impact uh, the state's general fund. It, it is a, an around about way of loss of revenue. But here's the problem with that. We have done so much when it comes to tax reform that in order for tax credits to work, you have to have a tax liability. And we will become a state that does not have an income tax. Mark my words, it'll, it might take about 12 years, but we're well on our way being, becoming one of those states. Well, tax credits are absolutely no good with that. So we need to get ahead of this. If we truly believe in, in school choice, then we need to allow uh, the funds from our general fund to reflect the will of the parents and implement some sort of school choice. And that's the divide. Um, and I, it's not too late. Uh, we have a popular governor. We, the Senate, uh, uh, 31 out of 32 Republican senators uh, easily passed uh, the governor's plan. Um, we, we see what's happening in Virginia, where uh, they just elected a Republican governor on this issue. Uh, West Virginia just passed school choice for 95% of students in that state. Uh, most people are just absolutely shocked with a governor like Governor Reynolds that we weren't able to pass something. And, and I, I truly th just think it's, it's a matter of Maybe some of these legislators in the House made promises to their school boards that they feel afraid to back up on. Well, I, I know in a couple cases, the governor reached out to those school boards on behalf of those legislators to, to walk through this program to try to get them on board. Um, and I, I think there is some of that uh, that, is, that has taken place in this conversation. So um, I, think, uh, I think the Iowa House... You know, when, when you have an election every two years, you're a little more sensitive about uh, uh, creating waves, uh, creating change. Change is tough. But uh, here's what's so wonderful is, is that's why we have a Republican platform. Uh, to me, when you face a tough decision uh, and you don't know what to do, you rely on your principles. You go to your principles. I don't care if you're a Christian or what it is. You go back to the book. 
on why we believe what we believe. And there's a reason that we believe in choice, not control. There's a reason we don't protect unions. We, we protect parents and children. It is just common sense. So well, I got, uh, I got about I a minute to... left. And I just wanted to ask you one more question. Uh, Dustin yep. Height took thousands of dollars from the teachers union uh, and his opponent and uh, a lot of mailers uh, hit my mailbox daily with great big receipts that he took this money from the school district. Do you think these five uh, uh, house reps that are are, are submarine in the, the governor's bill, are they also getting a big checks from the student or from the teachers union? Well, so altogether in the Iowa House, there's roughly 15 or 16 Republicans altogether that are against the governor. So in order to pass her bill, it would take about six of those Republicans to flip. And I don't, I really don't think a money uh, in Iowa politics, I, or maybe I'm uh, being a little naive here. I think a $500 check here or there, or even a, a $5,000 check, um, I find it hard to believe that would be enough to sway somebody's opinion. But uh, um, I, but who knows? Uh, the ISEA is a very powerful lobbying group. To put in perspective, I thought I heard the Senate Democrats receive 600000 altogether. Uh, they only have eighteen. Uh, senators over there. So all together, out of 18 senators, they received uh, 600,000 from the ISEA Teachers Union in the last election cycle. Well, I've, um, I've, only, got, really I've only got 30 seconds left, and I just wanted to say that uh, the figure that I saw, uh, I saw 20 times in my mailbox was $2,500. And it sure seems like to me for $2,500, he bought himself $50,000 with the negative uh, uh, campaign information. But Anyway, we've been talking to Jesse Green, uh, state senator from uh, from uh, Boone, Iowa. Thank you for your time. Thank you. It was a pleasure to be with you, and uh, uh, look forward to talking to you again. This is Round Guy Radio with news you can use. It won't give you the blues, and thanks very much.